it's like we are digitally connected we're globally connected it's never been so fashionable to think about waste it's never been so fashionable to think about the world and that can't have happened for no reason surely god is on the move in this young generation Welcome to the Together podcast. My name's Dan. And I'm Emma. And we're part of the We Are Tear Fund community. Today, we're bringing you something new. It's a monthly conversation on faith, justice, and how to change the world. We're going to be giving tips and advice to help you on your own justice journey. We'll chat about some of the things happening in the news, and we'll share some awesome interviews with interesting people. And this is so new, we're calling it episode zero to tell you the story of why we're starting a podcast. We're calling it Inception. Emma, have you seen the film Inception before? Is that the one with a dream within a dream within a dream? Yeah, that's the one. So this is a conversation within a conversation within a conversation. So I've had several chats over the last few weeks with people about the potential of a generation to change the world. Okay. And so we've joined all of those conversations together to tell the story of what we're doing here, what we hope to achieve, and how we want people to get involved. Okay. Sounds good. Well, who did you talk to? Well, my first conversation was with Dot Tyler, who is another member of the We Are Tear Fund community. And we met in a train station. We were going from A to B, talking about our highlights for the summer, talking about how excited we are for the potential of, of this generation who are making a huge difference. And because we'd wanted to record a podcast for a while, I just took out my phone and recorded it. Nice. You say nice, some of the sound quality is not great because it's just an iPhone. The background noise is pretty bad. But what we were talking about was really exciting and something we wanted to share with you today. But before I do, let me just briefly introduce you to my church leader. So uh, my name's Ollie Stevens. Uh, I'm one of the elders down at King's Church in Eastbourne. Uh, I lead our Hand and Park site. Maybe 800 in attendance each Sunday. We also have a church venue in the right at the heart of the town centre. Um, and actually, I moved to Eastbourne as an 18-year-old, as a student. So I've been here 15 years now. Um, got really quickly stuck into the church, um, involved in lots of different areas of leadership through young people, through to the students and 20s work that was going on here, and eventually actually planted the church that we've got in the town centre, meeting at a theatre, really in the heart of the town, trying to find students and 20s, um, find a place and a venue that they could come along to that was accessible for them, right in the heart of their community, rather than bringing them out to the industrial estate on the edge of Eastbourne. Um, and yeah, as a church, we've got a, a site over into Seaford as well, just the neighbouring town. Um, awesome. But yeah. I bet you're wondering why I'm asking you to come on this I am. podcast. I am. And all will be revealed as I tell you a bit of a story of why we're starting this podcast. Okay. So let me tell you the background. It started when me and a colleague met in a train station. The next station is Paddington. Change for the Radio 9 and National Rail Services. On the gap, the Radio 9 and platform. I'm seeing almost informal opportunities and communities and groups coming together wanting to make a difference there's the the people in their 20s at our church almost organize themselves organically without any structure and it's in those spaces that um, that they grow that they are committed to um, following Jesus they're committed to making a difference and it's incredibly refreshing and I'm sure most churches like might struggle in that area but I think it just for me shows how there's this deep-rooted 
need for community to come together and to share experience and share skills. And, and I think that's probably what's prompted me more than usual to think we're, like we are on the cusp of, of something here. Yeah, so that really reminds me of being at um, New Wine this summer when there's a group of like, 1,500 young people who... I mean, on God's green earth, when would you imagine all of those people grabbing a microphone and speaking out in front of that many people? But it wasn't until a night when we talked about an overflow of justice and what does it mean to be a justice generation that we had, I mean, it was countless young people coming to the microphone and saying out over their peers, like, this is the difference I want to make for the world. And oh my gosh, I mean, I'm sat there in the corner blubbing my eyes out because I just was so overwhelmed. But I think that was a sight. <laughs> it was... It was embarrassing, I'm not going to lie, and a bit messy and snotty, but that's okay. Um, But there's something beautiful about seeing a young generation who are not just aspirational about changing their world, they're confident that they can do it, they're bold to speak down a microphone in front of 1,500 people and say, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm not going to do it alone, I'm going to do it with this whole room full of people who also believe the same, oh my gosh, I mean, snotty mess. So what's the trigger then? Because, like, there's like there is this collective swell of enthusiasm and a belief that we can make a difference like what what is it that we need that's going to trigger us the tipping point what's what's that tipping point oh well that's the million dollar question dan if you can answer that i'll you know find you a million dollars um what's the tipping point i think two things i think we need to hear yes more often and that's what i saw at new wine is somebody give permission for a young generation to say this stuff and say yes i'll own this and i'll not own this because i feel obliged to i'll own this because this is me chasing after jesus and i guess the other thing is knowing that for some people that will look like big wacky extraordinary like i'm gonna live my life in this crazy way but for most of us like me it looks like using my water bottle differently and that's not glamorous there's nothing glamorous about reusing my water bottle or going to a shop and being really annoying and asking them to put something in a can you not use that cup can you use this one because it's reusable everyone loves me um but there is something beautiful in the ordinary and i think we forget because we are so busy looking for the big thing that we forget that the little things are what's going to change the world 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 So here we are, yep. me telling you about that conversation I had in the train station. Yep. I thought it would be great to get someone who's deeply rooted in the local church, who's worked with that age range, yep. to tell us a bit about how you find the current climate and the current temperature yep. and the potential of that age yep. in their communities and around the world. Yeah. So I think I grew up as a kid in a church who was a bit wishy-washy in my own faith, a bit half-baked in what I believed, but really powerfully met and encountered God as a 17-year-old. And it set the course of my life. I like to call it, I just felt like God ruined me for anything else. I just wanted to serve his purposes, build his kingdom, be part of a local church connected to all that he did. And I think as a result then, growing up as a 20-year-old at university, 
living amongst my university students, seeing people that were sort of setting the course of their life at that point. I felt really passionate about trying to influence and affect those that were around me to live their life for God with purpose and meaning and all they did, whether that was in the workplace, whether that was when they were playing sport, whether that was when they were out doing mission opportunities, whether that was when they were um, volunteering in certain things they did, in all of it, just trying to serve Jesus in those areas. And then obviously as you grow and you get older, you start to no longer be one of the 20s and one of the students that are doing it and start to think, well, actually, how can I encourage that and spur on those younger ones that are coming through? And now probably my greatest joy as a kind of mid 30 year old sitting there leading the church is when I see people who are the same age as me and they've got God right under their skin and they're from that young age pointing themselves in the direction of saying, whatever I do in my life, I'm doing this in pursuit of God and Jesus in all that I do. Mm. And that's it's just a joy, like such a privilege to see it. And so when I see people, they got... I wasn't great. My character needed a lot of changing as a teenager, as a teenager and a 20 year old. You just need to learn a lot of character things. When I see people with good godly characters and then they also have a pursuit and then competency and skills and abilities and talents comes out. And then they use all of that, not just to make money or to be successful or to be popular, but because they want to serve Jesus, mm. whether that's in schools, in hospitals, in local communities, in the church, wherever it would be, anywhere across the world, really, as they're doing those things, using it ultimately to serve Jesus in all they do it's just as a leader it's like the greatest joy seeing it happen yeah I can imagine that's so, so good and I look around the church on a Sunday morning yeah. and I see that group probably like 80 yeah. or so in that age bracket yeah, yeah. and what's really interesting I don't know if you agree with this but it seems like there's much more of an organic community yeah. in churches in those age groups now it's not so much of a structure these are yeah. the things we're putting on and these are the things yeah. we're encouraging yeah. it feels like there's this self-belief yeah. that with God they can do anything and yeah. they're actually acting on that it feels like a progression yeah. it feels like we're at this kind of tipping point yeah. where there's a generation ready yeah. to take action exactly and I think it's that thing I think it's being aware that you don't have to wait until the structure's in place and the system's in place in order to be able to do something. Actually, mm-hmm. maybe you're the instigator to change that needs to happen. And yeah, just good. think, sorry, I've, I've prayed for a couple of younger guys, especially, to say to them, don't wait for someone to put a baton in your hand. Realise that if God's rescued and saved you, the baton's already in your hand. And what you need to do is start running. Like stop waiting for permission to run and just get running after things. Sometimes you need to be shaped and influenced. Sometimes you need to listen to good godly wisdom. You need to listen to maturity of leaders that have run before you and can say, don't run that direction, run like this. That's a better technique to the way that you're running. But the worst you can do is just be sitting waiting for someone to say, get up and go. You know, Jesus grabbed his disciples and he said, come and follow me, come and do it. Get moving, be active now. And so seeing that amongst young teenagers 20s that are wanting to make a difference exactly where they are at this moment now is amazing and even starting with the small stuff you know it isn't isn't going straight away how can i do the big things immediately sometimes that shows a little bit of maybe immaturity in people that they just want the big stuff sometimes it starts by just doing the one little thing that you can do making the difference to the one person that you know or the one place that you've been put in or the one circumstance that you've got and as you do it and you're faithful in that god gives you more and more opportunities to affect and influence more and more people I think that's a really good point about the small and big. Yeah. Sometimes we want the big because it's the substantial change. Exactly. And also, even though it can be more difficult to go for the big, yeah. doing incremental, everyday, same small things yeah. gets tiring. You look back on a month and you think, what have I achieved here? And it can yeah. be quite 
demotivating. Yeah. So we do tend to go, right, what's the biggest thing that we can do? What's the yeah. biggest impact? That's really good advice, yeah. I think. For, for and I love the change of language from what can I do to what can we do? Yeah. And so doing it in community with other people, because otherwise you get these individuals who say, I'm going to make my impact on the world. What dent can I leave in the universe? And you think, well, actually, Jesus has already left the biggest dent. I'm called to just be part of his people. Mm. And so we collectively, and that's why church is so important, mm. because church starts saying, we do this together. We represent something. I might do it well sometimes. You might do it better than me other times. But collectively, we're all trying to do something to make a change and bring kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. And that's that's powerful because it's much more than one person and their mission. Um, you know, we're sitting in a room where on the wall right next to us is a, a quote from my mate Jez who leads the church in Zifa that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. <laughs> but if you want to go far, go with other people. Yeah, we, we have that on the wall in the office yeah. as well. It's a, great, <laughs> it's a quite, great quote because you can. You can run off in your strength and try and do it all on your own. But when you catch other people up in it and it sees a movement of young people wanting to do things together... Um, spurring one another on you know it keeps going even if you fail yeah. even if you don't succeed what you're believing and what you're part of continues to move forward yeah definitely and that's one of the reasons behind the podcast is yeah. let's tap into a media that can reach more than one person yeah let's create something that can be distributed to a community that people yeah. can pass on to others let's yeah. hear from those voices let's invite guests on let's invite yeah. feedback questions because there is a generation of people out there yeah. who are just like us who want to change the world yeah and I, I think i love the i love the fact that people now aren't impressed by big slick smooth organizations because shiny things often feel like maybe they're covering something up mm. so often what people want now is something that's real and tangible and authentic and in order to do that it doesn't happen by just one-off events it doesn't happen by just putting on a show or a performance once a week at one time where you see me at my best actually the best that people are looking for and what people really want and what they hunger after is something that's genuine and real and authentic and the only way you see that is actually in the times when you'd be at your worst that you still carry integrity and that you still carry um i don't know an authenticity to what you believe and what you do admitting mm. that sometimes you'll make mistakes but that you can trust that in it you're trying to follow god mm. and so even in your mistakes you can still celebrate that he's good and he's faithful and he's gracious and he's kind and god uses us in our flaws and in our strengths mm -hmm. um and so creating communities like that where it's real and you see behind the scenes and you see it sort of you know bolts and all everything connected um rather than just seeing what people want you to see is so important in a big you know, sort of age where you've got multinational companies that just put on a big front to what they want you to see for an advertising campaign seeing something behind the scenes of how's it actually function what you really like around your friends what you really like when you go out in an evening what you really like when you're brushing your teeth those conversations are really interesting and I love the principle of authenticity but I just think it's so hard to do that in your everyday life because to really live an authentic life it takes so much intention and you have to really look at your daily habits and your daily actions to change your life in such a way. Yeah definitely like I was saying to Dot those small actions can sometimes seem really difficult and you can get discouraged when you don't see big change. And I know just the person to help us with some of that. I had a conversation about worship, about the kingdom coming on earth, and I think it'll be really insightful. So tell us who you are and what you do. Cool. So my name is James. I'm 26 years old uh, and I work for Tier Fund, helping a generation of young people to access issues of poverty and injustice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, I'm coming to you with a big question. Okay. And I'm expecting some big wisdom from you. Ooh. We've had conversations like this before, so I'm expecting good things. But we've been talking a little bit about how, as a generation, we have an opportunity to change the world. Yeah. And we can do that through our lifestyle choices. But it kind of poses a problem in that we can be demotivated mm. by the amount of effort that takes, mm. particularly when we might see some feedback about change comes through petitioning the government or getting the big organisations and companies to change their policies. And that can make us feel, why am I even trying to do all of these things in my everyday? Um, and so I know we've had some conversations about how you approach it, um, but maybe tell us a little bit about your, your initial thoughts on that and, and why we should still try and make a difference. Big question. Yeah, big question, big question. Uh, so I suppose in brief, uh, to kind of kick us off, I think it's taking the focus from necessarily our, our actions to why, why we do them. And I think the reason why we do them is is ultimately our actions and what we do um, in all of our life is an act of worship. It's Worship isn't the, the time of the singing. Um, it's not the time where they're kind of, you know, the guitar chords are playing. Um, and we're in a moment with God, actually our, our, our worship overflows from that and it's all of life. And so I think firstly, it's just trying to see those, those kind of, um, those everyday actions, our everyday rhythms, you know, how we choose to, where, where we choose to use our consumer choice as part of a, where our, our kind of rhythm of worship to God and seeing those everyday actions as part of our lifestyle. Yeah, I really like that. Uh, I remember the, the phrase, um, like everyday liturgy so mm, church mm. of england you're you're reading every sunday you're reading the same liturgy and the repetition of it is is an act of worship yeah, yeah. and an act of of you remembering um what god has done and why we're motivated to to make a difference and motivated by our faith and so those little actions just weave through our life are almost like that everyday liturgy of us saying no we're we're putting markers down in our lives as a remembrance of of what god has done for us and what he's calling us to yeah yeah and i think sometimes it's it's so easy to see justice as as some almost like a bolt on to our everyday life whereas actually i think if we think of it through the lens of worship and actually they are actions of of worship then it actually it everything flows together that actually to be a disciple of jesus means all of our lives or everything for all of our lives mm. and so i think it's not trying to kind of um, when we look at it through that lens of worship, justice doesn't become that bolt-on thing that we do, you know, whether or not we, um, you know, we choose not to shop in a certain place or we choose not to buy a certain thing. Actually, where it, it becomes a broader thing, it becomes a bigger picture, and it becomes part of our everyday, being an everyday disciple of Jesus. Yeah, that's good. What, what do you think then, as we're trying to be an everyday disciple mm, of, mm. of Jesus, those moments where we do get discouraged. Yeah. Uh, what would your advice be to to someone who's stuck in a rut? What would be your one bit of advice to someone in that situation? Uh, is it okay if I have two? Is that too cheap? No, enough? just one. No, no, I'm joking. You can have two. Okay, so two. Thank you. <laughs> they thank better you. be good, though. Uh, hopefully. Um, we'll see. So the first one, I think, is um, being part of... Actually, it's a bigger picture. We're part of this theology. It's this theology of restoration, almost. We're partnering with God, the creator of the universe in restoring his world. And I think it's, it's so it can sometimes be discouraging when you sit and think maybe impact, etc. Um, but actually when we look at our everyday actions and the rhythm of our, of our life is, is our partnering with God in restoring his world. Um, that means that every simple action brings restoration. 
Um, and I think so. That's the kind of that first thing is is partnering with we're partnering with the God of the universe in bringing restoration to a broken world in our simple everyday actions. So therefore, it does mean something, um, and our actions have great significance, even as small as they may seem. Um, and the second one is almost seeing our actions as um, almost like a prophetic declaration. Um, you know, we as Christians have a, uh, have a vision of a world that is bigger than ourselves. We have a vision of, a, of the kingdom of God coming to, to earth. And, and that is seismic. That is kind of almost radical hope that we dare to see a world that we don't yet see, but we're seeing them with the eyes of heaven. And I think our everyday actions are almost being part of a prophetic declaration of that world that we see. Mm. So actually, I'm, I'm choosing to... Um, maybe uh, eat less meat, for example, because of a prophetic declaration um, that I dream to see a world where actually the the kind of the environmental impacts um, of climate change are not affecting those people around the world, that I, I want the best for those people. And so I'm having a prophetic declaration of a world that I choose to see um, that, and I'm using my actions to almost call that into being. Yeah, I, I love that, that idea of having the end game in mind mm, like if mm. you're bringing god's kingdom there's that phrase the now and not yet yeah yeah uh, which gets banded around a yeah, lot. yeah but it, it that that's almost perfect for this isn't it it's like yeah. i'm i'm taking action now because i'm bringing about uh, the restoration yeah that, that is involved in in bringing more of god's kingdom to earth yeah and that's partly because i'm hoping that makes an impact and yeah. i'm trying to make a difference in, yeah, yeah. in a statement now but also with our eyes on the end game of bringing god's kingdom yeah um, and, and yeah. having that in mind as well yeah and I just think it's that it's that um getting that almost like we are part of a bigger story that it's not it's also just not thinking about us and our lives but together our our actions are creating a collective prophetic declaration that we're collectively restoring Mm, God's world that we don't do it in isolation and I think that's something really key as well when you look at the early church community and you think about how they did life they did it in community but because you can spur one another on together um, and I think when we get a little bit disheartened, that whole idea of doing things together is really, really important in that time to be like, actually, we are um, we are part of that bigger story, we're part of God's restoration plan, we're part of making a prophetic declaration together as a community. I think it's really good to end with what James shared about our everyday actions being acts of worship and about us having the end goal in mind. I think that's really helpful, not just for this episode, but also to set us up for future episodes as well. Yeah, I totally agree. And that was really helpful for me as well to listen to those conversations. But we would love to know what you guys think. Do you have opinions, questions? Let us know. We want to hear from you. So you can contact us via social media at We Are Tear Fund on everything. And if you've liked today's podcast, then we would love for you to subscribe and join us on the next Together podcast.